Oh no, not us again. Yes, it is. Here we are. It's Monday night. It's Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. And as you can see in Kit's background, we're going to be continuing our series of Another Listen. And this time we're going to be talking about Extra Texture, George Harrison's 1975 album. There you go. Ken Michaels yeah. has one too. However, this is an original. Is that original? Yeah, 1975. <laughs> Very good. I love it. I love it. Before we get to that, let me introduce myself. I am Tom Hunyadi, and you may know me from my other show, Paul McCartney, or Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. And if you do know me from that, then thank you very much. Glad you're uh, glad you listen. And I'm joined by my my excellent my excellent panel, my excellent co-host, actually, I should say. And uh, it's what a joy it is for me to get to introduce. These wonderful people to you. First of all, she is the queen of all Beatles media. Not only is she the queen of all Beatles media, but she is the queen of cool and she is the queen of all things cosmetics. And she is, like I said, Kittle Tool Kids. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. That's a, I've never had that introduction before. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, <laughs> hello, and, uh, hello hey. Ken, and, for, and hello for just a, for hey, a minute there, Joe. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that in a second. Yes. But as we all know, and if you don't know, shame on you, but you should know that Kittle Tool is the author of songs we are singing, the guided tours, the lesser known Beatles tracks, and as well as the Michael Jackson FAQ all there is left to know or something like that about the uh the king of pop because you know these titles are so long and it's you get tongue-tied as you're as you're saying them so if you're not if it's not hitting you in the face you know you gotta you gotta look so but and then my other co-host here ken michaels you know him from his very popular show uh things we said today which he co-hosts with alan cozen and darren devivo he's also been on the air for almost 40 years already can you believe that 40 years doing his show every little thing um started out uh, what new jersey was it uh on college radio on long college, island and college there, new jersey long, yes okay and then now it's on wnhu which unfortunately that right now is on a hold but he does has a, does have a syndicated version of wnhu or i'm sorry of every little thing which you can find just about anywhere on the internet all you got to do is just type that in and i'm sure you've got what uh over 50 places now you can you can hear if you want to help version. me to get to 50 <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm at 40 or 41 right now wow ex that's amazing it just seems like wow. like every month you've got a new uh home for your show which is which is a great thing oh. um as you can see we we had joe mayo pop up our good friend joe mayo pop up but unfortunately he's having technical difficulties right now so if he can come back we're, we're hoping he can but for some reason the headset is uh, not working so yeah, no joe if you, can, if you can make it work yeah. please try to to come back but like i said we're going to be doing um we're going to continue our series of another listen with extra texture this this uh, week but before we get to that oh and also with kill tool kids she's going to have a big announcement later on in the show so please stick around for that and uh but first uh ken let's as always take it away want to hear me play <laughs> i'm real excited well, about kids big announcement you will be too when you hear it. anyway uh not as much news as we normally have but very important stuff uh first of all regarding mccartney three i did hear from my contact at capital universal and this was not too long after our last show that there are no plans of issuing a single 
Now, there was some speculation that last Friday, you'd right. be getting a new single from Paul. Instead, Paul issued a six-song EP through Spotify of songs of his with the theme of home, including Eat at Home, Cook of the House, Mull of Kintyre, Home Tonight, Every Night, and Heart of the Country. Mm. McCartney 3, in addition to all the colored vinyl versions, which Tom already owns, and uh, standard vinyl and CD versions will also be available on cassette. Did you know that? Yes, and it's already ordered. <laughs> there you go. Why, Why am I not lie? surprised? No need to ask. <laughs> Apparently, Amazon gave the full track listing prematurely on their site and then took it off. But for those that want to know the names of all 11 songs, and they've leaked out also in various articles on the album. They are Long-Tailed Winter Bird, Find My Way, Pretty Boys, Women and Wives, <laughs> Lavatory Lil, Slidin', Deep Deep Feeling, The Kiss of Venus, Seize the Day, Deep Down, and then I have uh, Winter Bird and When Winter Comes as mm. a medley. All right. I wonder what the, why, why the secrecy? You know, I mean, we're under a month away. You know, I, I just don't get the, the, the whole secrecy about the, the, the titles of the, of the songs. You know, if you can announce it, you know, seven, eight weeks prior, why can't you give us the, the track listing either? You know, I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> But all this buildup and no single, but just right. a lot of talk about it and a lot of articles. A lot of reviews and, uh, already. Yeah. That's my next news item. There's two major magazines that have put out articles on McCartney 3 and Rolling Stone. He's on the front cover with Taylor Swift. And there's a five-page conversation between the two stars, making a parallel between Paul's new album and Taylor's last album called Folklore. Mm -hmm. And that both were recorded during this lockdown. Also, the new issue of Uncut Magazine has Paul on the front cover with the words goes far out and dare to experiment around him. They review the new McCartney 3 album and give it nine out of 10 stars. Oh, wow. Good, right there. Everything I've been hearing so far has been really positive. Exactly. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And yeah. hopefully if, if we get everything in time, um, our McCartney three show will be December 14th, I think is the, is mm -hmm. the date. So, uh, so we will be covering it. We'll be reviewing it and uh, I can't wait. So if it comes out the uh, 11th, we'll have three days to get to know it. Yes. Which, right. means, which means I'll try and listen like 20 times. And, and, uh, <laughs> there you go. And, Please do, Ken. Because <laughs> I'll try to as well. <laughs> yep. We'll just cram it all weekend long. But I, I'm curious to know if, if all these reviews that we're getting is part of the marketing strategy, you know, to get people excited about it since, you know, he's really, looks like he's not going to do any, you know, TV shows or whatnot, any kind of like mm. Zoom, you know, interviews with any of the top late night talk show hosts or whatnot, but we'll see. You could do you could do interviews on any show yeah. through Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can so, do a show here so, with us. That's true. Yeah, Paul, <laughs> if you're watching right now, we're waiting. We'd love for to it. have you on. We'll squeeze you in anytime you want. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, other news on November the 10th, we saw the premiere on YouTube of Paul's animated short 
for Rupert and the Frog Song, newly remastered now in 4K. It looked absolutely stunning. I watched it when it premiered. I couldn't get over how clear the picture was. Right. Um, it's just so sharp. And also listening to the music, what a fuller sound. Mm. I mean, they did wonders on this. Yeah. I, I also, well, wonder if they might do the same thing for the other animated shorts. Be nice. You would hope so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, when I saw it, uh, the premiere on YouTube, yeah, I, I think years ago I saw, you know, some really bad print you know, uh -huh. leg of, of uh, Rupert and the Frog Song. And, and oh my gosh, I mean, this one yeah. was so nicely restored, clear, um, just just beautifully done. So, uh, and I understand mm. it's not on YouTube anymore. I think that- right. Really? I didn't know. Yeah, it looks like yeah, they some, took it down. Yeah, somebody told me, yeah, they took it down. So, uh, you know, hopefully it will be released in, in some form uh, in the near future. Because Broad Street Archive box set. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Put all the animated shorts in there. Yeah. You can't forget the other two. They're all oh. really well done. Oh, yeah. Tuesday is excellent, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. I love Tuesday. And Tropic Island Hum. Yeah, Tropic Island Hum is really yep. good as well. It was really nice that they made a DVD with all three of them. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. So do I. It's really something. If you never saw it before, you know, Paul working with animated shorts, he loves doing that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Um and they're all extremely, you know, very well put together. Yes. Jeff Dunbar well, does a great job with those, the, with the animation as well. Yeah. And from, from what I heard, like every still had to be se mm -hmm. separately done, frame yes. at a time, one frame at yep. a time. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, being broadcast on HBO recently is a two hour plus special for the 2020 inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Ringo Starr appears introducing T-Rex as a recipient of the award uh, in their piece on the story of Mark Bolin and the band that included a few seconds from the documentary, Born to Boogie, mm. which Ringo directed and which Ringo drums with Bolin and uh, with Elton John on piano for the song Children of the Revolution. So if it shows again on HBO, be sure to check it out. All right, uh, the Daily Mail has reported that Yoko Ono is stepping back from her work and handing her business interests over to Sean as she has decided to slow down as she is now at the age of 87. Sean has been appointed the director of eight companies linked to the family and the Beatles, wow. including Apple Corps. Sean has joined uh, the board at Lens Solo, which manages the music rights for some of John's solo output. A spokesman for Yoko says Yoko continues to oversee John's estate, but has drafted in Sean as a director to assist where necessary. The article also says that for several years, Yoko has been suffering from an illness without disclosing what that is. Mm. We could pretty much see this coming, you know, with Give Me Some Truth and, and Sean's involvement yeah. with, with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually very pleased to hear this news because... Mm -hmm you know Sean will have John's best interest at heart and everything that he will do will be lovingly done. Absolutely. You know? And, um, you know, it's a tough job because, you know, fans out there, they're going to be super critical of everything out there. He's going to be scrutinized. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure that uh, in, in a way, this will be like a labor of love working on yeah. John's music. 
for him. Yeah, there's already talk about, I've already seen people talking about, you know, how they hope that he involves Julian in some way mm. or the other. But yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see, but it shouldn't be like, we shouldn't put him down or anything or, or discredit him for not involving him. I mean, but, you know. We don't know everything that goes yeah, we on don't. behind the yeah. scenes. Exactly. Yeah, it exactly. Could be, it could be that Julian was approached and he didn't want to get involved. Right. It, yeah. He may not want to be involved with the business side of John. Right. You know, a lot of pressure I, there. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe he wouldn't be approached. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, absolutely. And and yeah. I think, you know, Sean did a great job with Give Me Some Truth. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I assume he was involved with the Imagine uh, box set, um, you know, and, and maybe not quite as much as, as Give Me Some Truth, but I uh-huh. assume he, he had his, you know, and so far I think he's been doing a, a great job um yeah. and so i i think the companies are in very good hands also you know we do know that that sean and julian are very close oh absolutely yes you know, yeah. you know that they're, they're really tight as brothers and i'm sure that if julian wanted to get involved mm-hmm. he would have been asked <laughs> you yes. know and and you would have he would have uh you know responded in some way right so i'm sure he wasn't just cut out of the picture mm-hmm. All right, uh, there will be a radio documentary for the 50th anniversary of All Things Must Pass, mm. airing on BBC Radio 4 this coming Saturday at 8 p.m. Composer Nitin Sani. Ah. You know him for the song yes. he worked on with Paul. Oh, yeah. My Soul. Um, will tell the story of the making of Georgia's most successful album. And the special will include interviews from Olivia Harrison, Michael mm-hmm. Palin, Jules Holland, biographers Graham Thompson and Joshua M. Green, keyboard player Bobby Whitlock, drummer Alan White, and guitarist Dave Mason. Now, it just so happens I found out about this right before the show from our good friend John Bazzini. I posted the link right on our Facebook page for those mm-hmm. of you that want to bring up the website so you can stream it this coming Saturday. Again, it's uh, the 21st at 8 p.m. I'm assuming that's British time. Uh, All right. Um, The new December issue of Record Collector is out with John Lennon on the front cover. It looks like a photo from him circa the Mind Games time with the heading underneath saying the reassessment of an icon. And then finally, we also have the news, which we found out not too long after our last show, the New York Fest for Beatles fans being delayed once again. It was going to be in March. We now have a new date uh, for the New York one. It's October 1st through the 3rd. Hmm. Okay. Um, Don't know if they're going to do anything virtually in March. We'll have to wait and see if there's any. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I haven't I haven't heard it either way, but now I think they didn't have a choice. I mean, you know, the vaccines aren't going to be ready by then, uh, by March. I, I think probably October is the safer way to go. Yeah. And I think they've knows, been doing so. a really good job with those the virtual fests. Yeah, I think absolutely. they've been pretty good. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. There's so much that goes on, <laughs> even mm. when you're there live. Yeah, got five different rooms and you know so much of it's going on simultaneously that's got to be hard to put together Mm -hmm. and coordinate so that everything runs smoothly but uh you know takes a lot of work to put that together (laughs) just like the actual fest itself so yep so that's all the news i have for now okay great Alrighty. Um, I do get the uh, the We All Stand Together uh, picture disc in the, in the mail today. Oh, yes. Um, 
Yeah, it came out uh, last week, but I finally got it today. <laughs> it's been in uh, shipping limbo for the last week, but uh, looks really cool. I like the little uh, the little Manila folder like looking thing it comes in, and uh, you open it up like so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's the picture disc, as we all know, and then also there's a, uh, um, a little poster there with all the little outtake uh, shots of, of Paul as um, you right. know, getting ready to get the the Rupert the Bear image there Cute. next to him. So, yeah, and then mm. so we got this. I like this a lot better than the, the plastic case that came in originally back in 84. And, uh, That's the one I know, have. Yeah, yep. and then exactly, yeah, same here. And then so obviously we got the the picture disc here. It's you know same thing, um, mm. you know back and back and uh, forward there. So uh, played it earlier today. Uh, I don't know if the technology for picture discs have improved over the years, but man, what a beautiful sounding uh, sure. recording or or master they did with this job. I, I, I really? it really sounds great. Yeah. Uh, we all stand together. Really sounds good. I didn't get a chance to listen to uh, to the other side yet, but the humming version. But um, but yeah, nice. really really impressive with uh, with the sound quality on here. So nice. Yeah, there you go. And the uh, the songs are available digitally too. Yeah, that's right. You know. And then also versions. yeah, and then also tomorrow is the re we'll see the release of the the Plastic Ono Band book, uh, I believe. Oh, I for, yeah, I've got yeah. that on order. Yep, yep, um, yep. it's uh, shipped. It's shipped today, so hopefully I'll have it in my hands tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Good, good. You just reminded me. I got to get working on that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to get yourself a copy. <laughs> well, everything I try to do as a promotion. So yeah, uh, no, understood. Yep. Understood. Hopefully, you can get uh, a couple copies, and you can do a special contest. Uh, yeah. For that. I just got this baby. Oh yeah. Here now. Oh yes. This came out in August, and it's all photographs from yep. Barry Feinstein, yes. who uh, worked with George during All Things Must Pass and the concert for Bangladesh and Living and, in the Material World. Yes. And uh, a lot of outtakes of photos that you've seen already. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful book. You know, I love all the photos recommend. from the Living in Material World era when they're all in front at the table. That banquet you know. that they had. Yes, which... the banquet style, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I love all this. Like this is an outtake of George in the hallway with the stained yes. glass window. You know. Mm -hmm. A lot of yeah. good stuff in here, really. Yeah. Here's one. Right. Actually, this is from Living in the Material World. Yeah. Everybody taking photos. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Flash forward 40 or 50 years and everybody's just using their phone now. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> A camera, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a good yeah. time for george fans because we got this and we have the ashley khan book exactly Harrison Harrison, Harrison. Harrison. So. yeah oh, definitely yeah. recommend that be here now book uh, great photos mm -hmm. in there if you if you like that kind of thing yeah but uh but as i said at the beginning of the show we're going to be discussing extra texture as part of our another listen series and uh Kate, you came up with this idea, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it would be fun to do um, this Another Listen series to take albums that at the time of their release were, you know, critically panned, uh, right. didn't sell well. And, you know, many, many, many years later to take them back out, give them another listen mm -hmm. and discuss whether did they, you know, have how have they aged? Did they deserve 
that critical right. response. Um, and, uh, and we, of course, want to hear from all of you as we're discussing this tonight. What do you guys think? Um, you know, do you think that it deserved the critical drubbing that it got and what do you think of it today so i'll be so i'm, I'm going to be uh, keeping track and by the way i've been i've been looking and texting back and forth right. with joe he's still trying to get on so i'm okay. not sure well, we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed <laughs> we're keeping our yeah. fingers crossed but uh, he's have, still having technical difficulties so uh, so well, yeah, anyway yeah coming. Yeah, yeah really. Right. So, there you go. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. But, so yeah, before we get to our thoughts, just a couple things uh, regarding the album. This was the sixth studio album released in September of 75. This was Harrison's final album under this cut with this contract with Apple, and it was the last studio album issued uh, by Apple. Uh, the, the album features the talents of David Foster. Uh, yeah, that David Foster, the Chicago and, uh, you know, uh, Whitney Houston, uh, you know, on and on and on. Earth, Wind and uh, Fire. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. Earth, Wind yeah. and Fire. Uh, this was before, you know, he got the ego and, uh, you know, just, his head just exploded. with. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, David Foster, which plays very well. I'll get to that later on. You got the, the, the talented Keltner. You got Gary Wright, Jesse Ed Davies, Klaus Foreman. Leon Russell, Nikki Hawkins, Jim Horn, Billy Preston, Willie Weeks, and this is just the name of few. There's some other really good names on, on here as well. Uh, the LP peaked at number eight on Billboard and number 16 in the UK. Uh, and uh, this, this album was certified gold within two months of its release. So, so not bad. So even though it did get a lot of... Uh, uh, it wasn't a critical, a critical darling, as you if you will, but it did, it did sell. I mean, it didn't do. I'm sure it didn't do as well as as uh, George would have liked. But uh, with you know his voice approving over you know his last album, Dark Horse, and that you know that that tour, it didn't go so well for him because of his because of his voice. But um, it was a definitely return to form with vocal wise for for George on this album. But um, but Ken, since you you know. I was two, so when this album came out, <laughs> that's no so, excuse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I blame my parents for being, for being Motown junkies, which you know you can't blame them for that, but you know that's still still great. But they weren't hey. fans of the solo Beatles. But anyways, um, Ken, what was your? Did you grab this on on day of release? Do you remember? Or? I don't know if it was the first day. It probably was, but it, hmm. it would have been in the first week, no matter what. Okay, so you were aware time, of its release. Yeah, I mean, by the time of the early 70s, I was aware of new releases as they came out. Mm -hmm. And I either got them the day of the release or certainly the week of. Okay. You know, 1973 was, was the big awakening for me, as you well know, okay. <laughs> because of the five solo albums that came out all in one year. That was my and, big awakening, uh, too, because I was born. Yep. <laughs> hey, I say it. <laughs> you were born in the right. past year, 1973. Yeah. You really were. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just remember very well as someone who is you know a chart guy yeah. and i used to listen to american top 40 with casey Kasem, and that's when i had a paper out ah. <laughs> and on sunday mornings when the show would be on i'd be delivering papers and i'd have a transistor radio with me wanting oh, cool. to see how how well you was doing mm -hmm. as a single and really rooting for it from week to week right. but um yeah i remember vividly this album when it came out and playing it to death mm -hmm. and um you want me to give an overall uh, no, we'll just, we'll, we'll, just yeah, in a, in a it, second. In a second, know, yeah. I just, just I wanted to know. Oh, go ahead. I definitely love the album initially. Okay. Um, because I just love George's style of songwriting without mm -hmm. knowing the whole backstory of everything. Well, certainly aware mm -hmm. of 
the right. Dark Horse album and the tour and mm -hmm. the poor reception that he got reviews for the tour and all that. I knew right. all about that. I didn't know how the, that could have affected this album. Mm -hmm. gotcha. I wouldn't have picked up on it from just listening to them as songs. Right. So, gotcha. uh, yeah. But uh, Kit, when, when was the first time you recall um, Extra Texture? Gosh, well, because yeah, as I was about you know three when this came out, <laughs> so I I definitely wasn't listening to it when it first uh, came right. out. Oh, and before I say anything, shout out to Beetle Ed. He is hey. uh, tuning in right now. Hey, he Ed runs our show on yes. Fab4Radio.com. So big shout out to him. Thank you. Um, yes, yep, he so runs all our shows. Yep, yep <laughs> runs all our shows exactly. So yep. thank you very much. Um, yeah, I probably listened to this. It was way into, uh, it was after I got into the Beatles and then started getting into mm. the solo Beatles. So it, it was uh, definitely, you know, way into that, um, you know, way after I listened to like, um, uh, you know, Cloud Nine, All Things Must Pass, you know, this, mm. this came much later uh, because it was more, you know, more under the radar than uh, some of you know the other George Harrison albums, um, and uh, and you know it's it's interesting uh, when uh, I looked up some of the uh, you know critical responses that came out at the time. And by the way, you know with us, it's you know Ken, you got to listen to it when it first came out. Mm. Um, so you got to listen to it just sort of fresh, you know, we listen to it and right. we also, you know, read the, uh, critical reaction that, mm. it, that came out. So, you know, probably when I first heard it, I also, you know, my opinion of it was probably a bit colored by right. the critical reaction. And I, I found the original Rolling Stone review ah. that, that came out by Dave Marsh. Um, and okay. uh, while he really liked you, you know, he, he, uh, mm. he really liked that. But uh, he said, unfortunately, too much of extra texture relies on a continuation of the vague cant and astral pomposity Harrison's been selling since Sgt. Pepper's Within You Without You. Hmm. that philosophically <laughs> he is still unable to move past life is one long mystery my friends so read on read on the answers at the end musically despite the pleasures of you and a pair of minor successes on side two the album is sketchy at best dominated by merely competent key work and harrison's near total avoidance of any new in interesting new guitar riffs hmm. too often harrison's affectingly feeble voice is buried in a muddy post-specter mix and it said and then ends with finally we are faced with the fact that harrison's records are nothing so much as boring <laughs> i mean <laughs> so i mean it it was pretty rough mm -hmm. <laughs> to say the least Wrong. um yeah so i mean it, you know so probably some of those reviews uh right. you know colored my view of, mm -hmm. of this this mm. record as as i listen to it so wow. yeah i mean it's it's really interesting mm. uh when when you read that and and i think the dark horse period i think colored some reviewers uh, mm -hmm. opinions uh -huh. of this record even before they heard it i right. mean you know you could tell <laughs> the, the venom was still there uh, right. from from mm -hmm. that whole from that tour and and that kind of thing so wow 
you know, yeah. you, you, you pointed out something just now, Kit, which I find really interesting. And that is that, like in my case, since I became a fan of the Beatles from 1964 on, I have had the luxury yeah. of hearing all these albums as they came out chronologically. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're someone that ju is just a new fan now and you bounce around from cloud nine to all things must pass and then you go to 33 and a third or whatever you might hear the music differently yep. yeah you know and yeah. there's no right or wrong yeah here mm -hmm. but when you hear everything chronologically and you live through it as it was happening and you were also seeing in my case i was witnessing the commercial success or in some case cases lack of you mm -hmm. know you grew up with it and mm -hmm. so yep. your memory of it you know that that also has a strong effect on the way that you look at the music too right so very good point yeah because yeah. that's the thing yeah i mean I, and i'm sure tom you were the same way that mm. yeah we tended we listened to them out of order oh absolutely uh, definitely out of order especially in my case i mean after about two a, a solid two and a half years of just you know discovering and and listening to nothing but beatles i finally started you know gravitating towards solo stuff so i was yeah i was getting bits and pieces here and there like the you know the imagine john lennon soundtrack from the movie and you know greatest hits here you know all the best and then i did get uh the best of george harrison which as we know has you on it so that was my first um introduction to to that song um what great fond memory of mine is is the person that you know my uncle who was like the key person in my Beatles story you know I got to visit him while he was on base in in Mississippi um you know I got to visit him for a couple weeks and then he had extra texture he played it for me and I was all excited because I knew you was on that album mm -hmm. so I was thinking I was expecting you know one thing you know he played it for me and I'll, and I'll get to my reaction a little bit in a, a little bit down the line but um but yeah absolutely Kit uh you know going from jumping from you know from from a couple john albums and then a george couple george you know some paul mm. you know and then you know getting black i mean i pretty much just got blast from your past from ringo that was the only thing i had at that point in time because those the ringo albums were harder to find um in the late 80s yeah. early 90s for some for whatever reason Good point. i just don't yeah. know if they went out of print or not but um but yeah, yeah. i you know i had that introduction to it and it was definitely a a, a um was not in chronological order, yeah. I can tell you that, That's you know, for sure. so, but I did, I did have, you know, older relatives that did, you know, listen to the music and I did like, like the critics, you know, I did have people tell me, oh, you don't have to worry about that album, just yeah. get, you know, get this album, get that album, don't worry exactly. about that one. And, you know, for a while you listen to them and then, you know, and then you do say, screw it, I'm going to get it anyways, because I want to hear it, you know, I'm right. curious about it and, you know, and then, a lot of times you're pleasantly surprised that, you know, you're going to find, if you don't like the album as a whole, you're going to find at least a couple tracks that you can relate to and, you know, you can get your groove on, you know, and it's, you know, there's a couple, couple songs on here, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, so, but anyways, uh, Ken, you know, so you get the album, you, you coming home, you got the paper out. I had my, I had a paper out too. So, you know, that's how I was getting a lot of my uh, Beatles tapes and cassettes and, and, and uh, CDs and, and, and vinyl back uh -huh. in the day but right. uh you know you get the album you bring it home and and what happens oh i fell in love with the album mm. um you know i think when you look back now because being aware of all of georgia's solo music and i love all the albums all in varying degrees like like any other artist 
but um, initially I, I just, I treasured this album and I played it to death. I loved every song really except his name is Legs. Mm. <laughs> but um, I loved the whole sound of it. I loved the production behind it. Uh, Phil Spector was not a dirty word to me. Yeah. <laughs> it still isn't. You know, even though we're living in a world where a lot of people don't like overproduction and mm. they prefer stripped down versions and stuff like that. But really and truly more more so, um, I, I think the Dark Horse album, the production was much more simpler. Mm. Um, this this sounded much more layered. Metro um, mm -hmm. Texture was closer to All Things Must Pass in sound, mm. I think. Maybe not so much in terms of the quality of the songs, but I do love the songs, every song on this album, except the one song, His Name Is Legs, which I don't hate, by the way, right. you know, but um, after saying on our last show, uh, Forgive Me Some Truth, how I look at John Paul and George and now Ringo as being really good producers, His Name Is Legs is one exception right. <laughs> because it's a very muddy sounding song and, and George's vocals are kind of buried there. And I yeah, never like Kit liked... was saying in that uh, article there, and I definitely agree with that, with that person's uh, assessment of, of some kind of the, the, sometimes the vocals being buried a little bit. And I think it holds, definitely holds true for His Name Is Legs for sure. Right. Yeah. But um, as someone who's very much uh, a melody driven guy, um, and John, Paul, and George are three of the greatest melodic writers of all time. I love the melodies on this album. I think it is definitely a very down album. Yeah. And uh, for reasons that we really should get into that go beyond what you were saying, uh, Tom, with the, the uh, criticism that he got for the Dark Horse tour. But 1974 was really a very tumultuous year. For George. I mean, he was very involved with so many projects. He started the Dark Horse label. Mm -hmm. He produced a Ravi Shankar and Friends album. He produced a tour for Ravi Shankar in Europe. He produced the first uh, Splinter album for which he was all over it and mm -hmm. playing guitar on, I think, all the songs. He had his, you know, his friends on there like Gary Wright, you know, the usual crew, many of which are on Extra Texture. And um, in addition to that, um, he recorded Dark Horse, got ready for his first tour, and it was all rushed towards the end. It, yeah. You know, sometimes I like to bring up the mistake that Paul made when Flowers in the Dirt came out in, I think it was June of 1989, and the tour didn't start till like three or four months later. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't start a tour, you should start it right when the album comes out. In the case of George, it was the exact opposite. opposite. The tour started first. The album it started in November, the beginning of November, and Dark Horse wasn't even in stores until December. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. He lost probably some decent sales from that since he played three songs from Dark Horse mm -hmm. live. But, um, and he got laryngitis along the way and that affected his touring. It affected the album Dark Horse on certain yeah. songs. And he was blasted for that in Rolling Stone. And I never realized until later on when I read about it that when uh, he's mentioning Rolling Stone and this guitar can't keep him crying, yeah. yep. um, that was in response to the criticism. Mm -hmm. It was even climb Rolling Stone walls, that, that line in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it really hurt him. Mm -hmm. And um, in fact, in this, the, the new interview that I did with Ashley Kahn 
um, I wanted to know in his opinion, if the criticism that he had from the 74 tour really was something he never recovered from because he never toured again until he, he toured right. with, with Eric Clapton. It's a long time from 1974, that was mm -hmm. 91. Right. And uh, you know, Eric was a big help because he had a ready-made band for him, you know, but George had to handle all the business for the tour. And by the end of 74, he was exhausted. And he was pretty upset with all the reviews that he got for the album and the tour. So if you listen to this album, you know, it's not, a, it's not, uh, he's not happy <laughs> on this album. I mean, um, That's I love sure. this. I love the song you, I mean, it's, it's a really catchy song. I understand why it was the first single could have worked a little bit more on the lyrics, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I love, yeah. <laughs> love do a little bit more than that, but melodically, I love the song. It's it's really catchy. I love the production behind it, and um, you know the songs on there are a lot about um, understanding people, mm -hmm. not being judgmental, which is what um, the answers at the end is all about. Right. You know, um, the answers at the end. I say this about all solo Beatle albums. There's always worthwhile tracks on every single one of them, even the ones that you might think are among the weakest. If I was to put together my top 10 list of George Harrison songs from his solo career, the answers at the end has got to be in there. I absolutely adore that song. I love what's expressed in it, even though yeah. it was taken from Sir Frankie Crisp Chris, right. and sayings that were on uh, yeah. you know, the mansion that he lived mm -hmm. in, Henley on Thames. Um, I love the melody. And, and one thing that I love about this album especially is um, the use of the piano and keyboards. Yeah. It's a very piano-driven piano. album. Yeah. yeah. And because of the way that it's played, and some songs are very slow, like Great uh, Cloudy Lies, it mm -hmm. really has, again, a spiritual feel, maybe a gospel feel. Um, I've heard people say it's very soulful more soulful yes. well, yes. in my notes yeah. yep yeah, for in sure my notes. so um but overall i like you know all the songs i love 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 world of stone mm -hmm. i love the piano on it you know how it starts uh whether it's gary wright playing uh, on uh on the album or uh leon david Russell, foster I know, david yeah. foster who by the way we forgot you know work with Paul too. Yeah. <laughs> You're mentioning everybody but Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, but overall I like the album a lot still. Mm -hmm. Although George's catalog is so strong to say that this was among his weaker albums, there's nothing to be shameful of. Right. Yeah, yeah, good point yeah. there. Because you know, if you if you're following his career, you know, starting off with such a great album as as All Things Must Pass, and then you know, a, an almost equally as good album, in my opinion, with Living in the Material World. I know Ken, your thoughts are, you know, it's your favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely get that. But um, Kit, I mean, you remember hearing this album for the first time? Yep, um, and <laughs> Ken, you're gonna you're gonna hate me after this show. <laughs> I can never hate you. <laughs> and, and other people who are writing in and we're getting right. some wonderful comments here. And Joe, right. you're in the comments. Right. Joe said the ghost of George Harrison is preventing him from airing his opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, you better, you better back me up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Why couldn't that happen on Press to Play? Yeah, right. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm sorry. God. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. But you know, I, I, I didn't really connect with this album when I first heard it. And, and I, I gave it, gave it another listen, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just like we do on, on, you know, in this series. Um, and I, I just still haven't, uh, connected with it. Um, you know, I mean, and, and I understand, and I'm glad you brought it up, Ken, about what, what George was going through in mm. this period, because that right. is important for understanding the material in the album. Because as mm. you said, this is not a happy album. Uh, right. There's yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, because in addition, I mean, as you said, he was coming off that tour. Uh, of course, he had also, um, you know, a year or two before he, you know, his marriage ended to Patty Boyd, and then he kind of had his own lost weekend where, uh, you know, he did uh, way too much partying and he addresses that. <laughs> right. He addresses that on this album, which, and that song I think is actually one of the most inter- interesting oh, tracks. It's, it's definitely a highlight. Yeah, yeah I think I know on this you're album. Talking about. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. So. And I will probably be getting to specific songs in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, so he was definitely going through, uh, and he mentioned, uh, you know, as I was researching for tonight, uh, he mentioned that in, in different interviews that yes. this was, I mean, he was in a depression when he mm-hmm. recorded this album, and you can tell. I mean, you definitely can tell by the lyrics. So, uh, so I think that is important in in understanding uh, this album. Um, however, I just have always found it, and I know you hate it when I say this, Ken, but overproduced. Uh, <laughs> I I just I haven't changed my mind on that. Like you, I think that you know it could have been a better song, as you as you said, the lyrics. Mm. needed some work <laughs> it mm. definitely but also it just was a, a very busy production for me I mean just mm. way too busy and there were others like that too that I just thought boy if this could have been just toned down stripped down like have kind of like a double fantasy stripped I would have liked to have heard an extra texture stripped well there's uh, the yeah. uh, demo that you can hear on YouTube yeah uh, from the you know the original demo that he got or prepared for uh Ronnie Spector yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I, I, I would have liked that. And it's a shame because, the, you know, of course, the musicians he had on here, I mean, these were the top yep. L.A. Mm-hmm. session guys. I mean, you know, that, well, what, a, what a cast of characters. I mean, they were just top of the heap. And um, I also thought, you know, Georgia's songwriting was, I mean, he just was not at his best here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were many songs that I thought he had a, he had a you know, a kernel of a good idea here. I mean, he had yeah. some, and and they just sounded half finished to me. Um, mm. You know, there were there were uh, some that I I thought had. Um, I'm just scrolling my through my notes here for an example. Um, well, something like um, even like the the answers at the end or um, World of Stone that I felt like there were some interesting ideas there. But right. I just kind of felt like he was going in circles with it. And I was just waiting for him to get to a main point. Um, and with a little more time, I think, you know, he could have refined those a little bit more. Um, and, you know, whereas the writing on All Things Must Pass was right. tighter, you know, to me. It was, you know, it was yeah. tighter. Um, and now, you know me, I love my soul in R&B. And he... <laughs> and, <laughs> And he does lean more in that direction on this album, which I normally love. I love when he yeah. delves into that. But, you know, as opposed to on 
33 and a third when he does pure smoky right which i i love that song he doesn't try to be smoky you know mm-hmm. he's he's just paying tribute to him on Ooh Baby, You Know That I Love You, he's mm. trying to be smoky. And I believe mm. he said in an interview something like, I aren't smoky. <laughs> and he's right. No, no, no. That was in um, um, the outtake of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, right? that's right. That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I knew he said that somewhere. <laughs> and he's correct. Uh, he, and, uh, and I still love song, the sound of his voice. On yeah, I, I mean, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. But Pure Smokey works mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's still a soulful song, but he's not trying to be him. I mean, you know, he, he sings his appreciation for him. So, I mean, there are now there are a couple of songs I do like. So don't worry, I'm not going to completely trash this. Right. There are a couple I do like. Um, but then we'll, we'll get to, yes, we'll get to the highlights here in a second for sure. So, but so overall, I, I mean, this is definitely, you know, not one of my favorites. I I wouldn't (laughs) rank it far up there, but there are some signs here that you can tell, you know, there are some signs of where he would go, the direction he'd go in, in like 33 and a third and George Harrison, which I think those two, I love. I those love are two those killer albums. albums. Yeah, two killer albums, and you can tell in the sound on this album, he's you know where he would go, like the you know right. drifting in that direction of that kind of soulful right. way. But it's, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> it's it's not only soulful, but I kind of sense that um, it's almost like a light jazz feel. Yeah, that yeah, he has a on. Bit. It, mm-hmm. I would say it, it started kind of like with Far East Man. Mm-hmm. And I know that on the Dark Horse album, he was working with the LA Express, and maybe that was an influence, even though they're not on that song. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, that really, really light jazz feel, I think, was also captured on Ooh Baby, and then later on uh, right. Pure Smokey or Learning How to Love You or those songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's kind of started in that, you know, mid 70s yeah. time. Right. So I think oh, that was an evolution yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Growing up in Michigan, you know, we got the Motown, you know, I, I became a big, big lover of R&B, soul, you know, Motown. However, I, you know, got introduced to Cloud Nine first, you know, mm-hmm. so, right. you know, a lot of, lot of guitar playing in that and that, you know, a lot of, you know, more upbeat songs on that album. So when I came to, you know, listening to Extra Texture, I was a little bit thrown off because I was, I think I was expecting a little bit more, you know, rock and roll. And I think that's, you know, a little bit of the problem that I had with it, you know, over time. I mean, it's, it's, growing on me more and more because I'm appreciating the backstory of it. You know, I remember, you know, yeah. also like Ken, like you were telling him about the backstory, but I was also reading how, you know, he finally came home and he got into his garden and he finally felt at peace. And then he just realized, Hey, I'm okay. You know? And then, you know, mm-hmm. a half a year later, we got this album, you know, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, but that kind of thing, I mean, what that he experienced, you know, that the reviews and the, and the, and the tour, I mean, if it's anybody else, you know, it probably ruins that person's career. But, you know, as George Harrison, he had all that, you know, that Beatle time and, you know, successful start to his career. I'm sure he was able to survive that. Although unfortunately the sales and the charts didn't really reflect 
you know, the, the material, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, there's a lot of, there's a handful of personal songs on here. Like I think you guys touched upon whether it's like, you know, midnight tired of midnight blue, you know, even, you know, the answers in the end, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff in his life and, you know, putting it down on lyric or putting it down on paper, you know, to me, that doesn't always work. You know, when you, when you think about something that works like that, you think, okay, plastic Ono band, you know, that album, for some reason, when you put, when, when John's doing his personal stuff, it just seems to work a little bit more than when George, you know, does personal songs for whatever reason. Um, you know, I got to figure that out for myself. But, uh, I, I, I would disagree with you there, but. Okay. Yeah. Fine, very fine. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I was expecting a little bit more more rock and roll. And and like you guys, I appreciate, I really appreciate when my favorite artist stretches out their yep. you know their talents. You know, they go in different genres of music, and sure. he definitely did that with with this. And I'm you know I appreciate him doing it. But like you, kid, I, I do agree that there's little touches of brilliance here and there throughout this throughout this album, and it doesn't always materialize you know for a whole song or i think you know lyrics on a song are great but then the melody or the music just doesn't go with the song or vice versa yeah you know um a lot of repetitive on you know not a lot but there's a bunch of repetitive uh, repetitiveness on this album sorry i yeah. can't spit out the word <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know you got so many things going in your head and you're trying to get it all out um mm -hmm. but um you know but it's all in all i mean yeah it's it's not his best album but i i don't think it's you know lousy i don't think it's his worst album but um but there is some there's some decent stuff on it and we'll talk about it now for highlights so kit you know let's talk about highlights of the on the album what what uh, stands out for you i've always liked um this guitar can't keep from crying um, I've, I've always liked that one and, uh, I like both, uh, the version on this album and, uh, I also like the platinum weird version that, uh, yeah, that came the, out the some time ago. Track that's on the, uh, the CD here. Exactly. Yeah. And in fact, the platinum weird version is, is sort of a good example of what I'm talking about. More of a stripped down version, mm -hmm. uh, that I would have liked to have heard for the rest of the album. I know that one was recorded many years later. I know that, right. but, but, um, but I, but that's kind of what I'm talking about of, of, yes, that's what I want. I want, you know, you know, little, little less production, but I, I like, I, I always like when, when George records, uh, it writes and, and records um, some of his more, you know, kind of bitter, <laughs> ang angry mm. songs. But this one isn't quite as angry. Uh, I mm. mean, it is angry, but it's not quite as bitter as mm. uh, perhaps as not guilty or something like that. I mean, this one, you know, you can tell he was, uh, as, as you said, Ken, he was, you know, truly hurt. Uh, mm. by that Dark Horse uh, tour experience. And, and you can tell, um, you know, by these lyrics um, that even though, you know, he sings about, you know, found myself out on a limb, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, learn to get up when I fall, can even climb Rolling yeah, Stone walls. Mm. Um, but this guitar can't keep from crying. I mean, he's, mm. he's you know, and, and I, I think, um, you know, sort of saying I'm still human. Right. Um, you know, which I think is a, 
is a good point. And, and I think, um, you know, some, uh, I, I think it was, uh, maybe in that Rolling Stone review, I'm not sure, said, well, it was kind of self-pitying and, and uh, you know, well, I mean, maybe, but I, I think though that, um, as I said, I, I, I like that, that it did show he was human. And, um, and, you know, he said, and I mean mine, in fact, I pulled out that book, um, mm. you know, he said it was sort of a sequel to While My Guitar Gently Weeps, but uh, mm. he said, if people keep on, on at you long enough, the chances are you will become depressed. We must struggle, even though we are all rats and valueless, and try to become better human beings. So this song came out. Um, so, uh, you know, I like the chord changes on it, um, and I just like this among the other songs, because also I think the arrangement's a little tighter than, than on the other tracks mm -hmm. on here. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this has always been, and the piano on here too. Uh, love the, the um, you know, the piano. Um, so I think this is one of the, the better, you know, tracks, and I've just always liked this one. And, and I've heard some people put it down and, and I've always been a defender. I think it's, it's um, you know, it's well-written and, um, you know, it's, it's just one that has always stuck with me. Uh, and the other mm -hmm. one that I, I like is, is we've referred to it already, uh, Tired of Midnight Blue. Right. Um, you know, that's one of the more interesting ones because we've already talked about what he was going through. Well, he finally gives you a good idea of where he was when he was going through his own version of the lost weekend right. and when he was in LA, um, you know, doing too much partying and, uh, and he, you know, and I think he's referring to Olivia here. Cause of course, during this time, he was also, uh, you know, falling in love with Olivia. Um, mm. And uh, he really uh, gives you an idea. I mean, uh, he was, you know, pretty, uh, I mean, he doesn't spell out exactly what he saw, but you can only imagine. It says, I don't know where I'd been, but I know what I'd seen. Made me mm. chill right to the bone. Made me wish that I'd stayed home Seems with home you. you. Right. And then this <laughs> minor key change, uh, and then tired of midnight blue. And you're just like, I don't know what he saw, but <laughs> it, was, it was not good. <laughs> he was a beetle. I'm sure he saw a lot I of things. Bet he did. I, I mean, you can only imagine what right. he saw. And, and I like the, you know, how it starts out and almost when it sings, the sun came into view and almost this jaunty kind of tone, and then it takes a sharp left turn. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's more, um, you know, like, I just think, okay, this is more of a George Harrison yeah. composition like I'm used to. Um, also, great p uh, piano from, I believe, Leon Russell. On, on yeah, this I believe one. it's on that one, yep. yep. Yep, we, uh, yeah, of course, incredible. I think this is a little less overproduced uh, than some mm. of the other tracks. Um, and uh, and yeah, he mentioned, and I mean mine, I'd been to a Los Angeles club, ended up in the back room with a lot of gray-haired, naughty people, and I was depressed by what I saw going on there. I think I'd be too. So uh, <laughs> so I that was another highlight for me. I thought, you know, okay, mm. this is better, better songwriting, you know, a little bit more like George Harrison's, you know, what he's capable of, you know, and uh, and a bit more of a, a window, you know, into what he was going through at, mm. at the time. So uh, so those are my two highlights um, okay. of, of the album. Okay. 
Well, Ken, yeah. you had you had already stated that you really like this or really love this album, but you know, talk about the you know the three or four songs, the tracks that really stand out for you on this one. Well, I got to put the answers at the end in there. Mm -hmm. I love the words in it. I love the melody. I love the buildup at the end with that short guitar solo. I love how it fades with the the, the extra touches of piano there. Um, you know, everything that's expressed in that song lyrically, I love. Mm -hmm. um, I really do love the song you a lot, mm -hmm. even though despite, you know, it needs work on the lyrics, it's got a great melody and a great hook. And, um, you know, I never thought that it was overproduced. And, you know, I think the production really suits him on this particular album. I just want to ask you, Kit, when it came to All Things Must Pass, that album, did you think that was overproduced? Yeah, I mean, generally, I'm not a fan of Full Spectre. I mean, I'll, I'll admit. Um, uh -huh. But some of the songs on there, it did, the production didn't bother me as much, like Wawa, for example, because to me, that, that wall of sound, sound yeah. you know, enhanced the song because it, it, made, it, it gave it such a big sound. Mm -hmm. and, and for that song, it didn't bother me because it... it uh, I'm trying to trying to think of how to how to describe it. Um, it it just gave it more more power and anger, which which that song called for. Yeah. Um, and my sweet lord, of course, being this this huge you know sing kind of sing along um, spiritual moment. Um, you know, so I shouldn't say like there's never a moment where a bit more production isn't needed. I mean, it's, you know, as long as, yeah. long as it's used for a purpose, it's okay, mm -hmm. you know, but for something like you, I just felt that it, it wasn't necessary for me. I mean, I just kind of thought that could have been pared down, made it a little more, you know, of a Motown kind of sound almost, and mm -hmm. it didn't need just everything thrown at you. You know that at once. I mean, that's how it came off to me. That if it, it had just okay. been pared down, that could have been a, new, a stronger song. It could just very well be that since I'm so used to all things must pass and the production that was on it, I was used to that sound anyway. And yeah. I think it really worked for George. You know, um, it, it wouldn't apply. I, I think a brilliant thing about all things must pass is that when you're dealing with the quieter songs like a Beware of Darkness or a, you know, if not for you, then you don't have that huge wall of sound. But for mm -hmm. something that sounds like it belongs in a cathedral, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you right. got all the echo and everything, that's where that's mm -hmm. where I think it works. So yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I'm so used to that sound from George from All Things Must Pass, um, so that it, like I said, extra texture kind of reminds me production-wise a bit of of uh, All Things Must Pass in that regard. I do love World of Stone a lot. Um, I like the lyrics in there. I will agree with you kit that that um george could have worked harder on the lyrics on some of the songs uh not that the lyrics are bad but he could no. have done more of them he repeats certain lyrics over yeah. and over yes mm -hmm. um world of stone is one of those songs i like what he's saying but i wish he'd say more exactly kind of thing you yeah. know but but melodically and structurally i think the melodies work with every all of his lyrics anyway mm -hmm. so um yeah world of stone would be in there i would say tired of midnight blue but i also really love gray cloudy lies a lot it's mm. i i have i don't know what it is about george and really slow <laughs> plotting songs <laughs> they seem to work in a very spiritual way 
just like Be Here Now is. You can't find much slower songs than Be Here Now. And mm -hmm. I love uh, the way the whole arrangement is of um, Great Cloud Elias. Sounds like a really sad song. I don't mind depressing songs. George is ace at doing that kind of thing. I love how it hangs in the end, you know, and uh, there's no clean ending. It just kind of fades and it's like in suspension at the very end of that song. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And by the way, I'm not a big fan necessarily of um, follow-up songs like this guitar can't keep from crying. I actually like the song, but I don't like right. to have to, to use a previous song. Right. You know, it's kind of like right. using the Beatles there. Yeah. Although I still do like the song and, and I love to death, Here Comes the Moon. Right. So then, so discount what I just said. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but overall, you know, most of this album I like, I like a lot. And yeah. um, like I, I, I had mentioned before, um, I love that, that light jazz feel that George is developing. And I like Ooh Baby a lot for that reason. Gotcha. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, excellent. You know, the the bits that I love on this album, I get really excited about. And I, and that's what makes me, you know, get excited um, you, when I do listen to this album. I mean, when I am in the mood for George Harrison, uh, unfortunately, this album isn't screaming at me, play me. But, you know, when I, when I do, you know, play songs from it, the bits that I do really love, I get really excited about. And yeah, you is, I think, is... A really good pop song and you know I love the use of horns you know when we hear that that demo from from 70 you know you don't get the horns in that demo so I like the the addition uh, of the horns in there um, you know the answers in the end I mean here's a song where yeah you've got uh, the writings from some from Sir Frankie Chris, but you know the also the the message you know don't be so hard on the ones that you love you know it's a it's a great message. Um, it's, mm. This is like a, we're an instance where, you know, a good message, you know, may, becomes a good song. It doesn't always work that way. I'll, uh, you know, give peace a chance. I don't, you know, good message, but not a great song. Um, and, um, you know, it's just like on there, you know, don't wait to tell somebody you love them. You know, it's, it's like right up there with, with, with that. You know, for me, um, I love the, you know, piano and string arrangement from David Foster is, is really good on that song. And, and you know, and the guitar work on there is, is really good. Um, you know, you can't not talk about this, you know, this guitar, um, you know, we've already talked about the, you know, why the song was written. My biggest part of it is, you know, it's a personal song for George. Why bring in Jesse at Davies? You play all the guitar parts for it, you know? <laughs> but then again, yeah. then I'm thinking, okay, if this is a sequel to While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and it makes sense because he brought Eric Clapton in to play guitar on that, mm. you know? So... So it is what it is, but there's great guitar playing from both people on on, uh, on that song, and I appreciate what what Jesse Davies brought to to that song. Uh, I do enjoy Ooh Baby. Um, it's very very soulful. I do like the soulfulness on, on this on this record. Um, you know, can't stop thinking about you. Um, you know, he, I think you sometimes you get into a rut where you you know with these repetitive songs like you know Don't Let Me Wait Too Long, Ding Dong Ding Dong. You know, it's very repetitive, but it's sometimes a lyric can just move you or have a special meaning. I mean, the song is not necessarily great but can't stop thinking about you. You know, I used to travel a lot, you know, and I used to play that song a lot, you know, because it's, you know, it helps me think of my wife, you know? So I, that, 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 that song has a special place in my heart. You know, I, I, I love what he's saying there. And, mm. you know, I love Nikki Hopkins, you know, piano playing in that. Yeah. 
Um, oh, there was one other thing I wanted to say. I can't remember which song it was, but uh, was it? Oh, the answer's in the end. I think it was the, um, you know, he brings back the lyric, isn't it a pity in there? And I think that's really moving. And I think the, the a lot of the arrangement yeah. was was inspired by Nina Simone's uh, version of isn't it a pity. So I need to go back wait, wait. And, and what's that? Where did you hear that? Uh, I read it. Okay, I don't know where. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, I think it was uh, in the the Spicer book. I, I need to go find, uh, go back and 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 go to that. And then you know, obviously, tired of Midnight Blue. I mean, that is, I think, the standout track on this album. Um, you know, and I love the different arrangements throughout the song, the tempos throughout the the song. I think that's really mm. that's really good, and I think it's more of the style of George Harrison that you know I've come to love over the years. You know, you you yeah, you do get some personal stuff in there, but um, I love all the different changes in the song, the tempo, and then it's back down again, and then it's back up. So really, really enjoy that as well. So. He's trying one more time. Let's no. see if he can no, connect. No, he's <laughs> He's saying connecting, so maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe we can do it. Maybe. Yeah, can you say hi, Joe? Can you say no? It? no. No. Oh shoot! Uh, he he wanted to say we're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was backing me up in the comments. Right. So he just wanted to say hi. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. oh. To say down with he that. gave it the thumbs down so he did get his word in after <laughs> all <laughs> after all oh man. but he backed me up in the comments you'll read the right. words hmm. <laughs> so uh, got to say <laughs> he got that's... to say hi he can mime he's miming yeah. his, his uh, disapproval well you can you can stay though stay and, and you can you can uh mime yeah so, yeah, yeah go ahead and stay don't sign <laughs> off yeah, People want to see around. you. Yeah, yeah, stick, stick around. around. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> yep, but, you could. Yeah, yep. but going back to it. Yeah. Play harpo. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, very man. good. So, oh, but Kit, God. I mean, you've listened to it a couple times, I, I would imagine, before before we uh, did the show. I mean, did your mood change about it over? Did you did you like any songs differently or maybe a little bit more? Were there any growers for you on this album? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, what you mentioned, uh, you were just mentioning Nikki Hopkins a minute ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to also shout out to uh, Klaus Borman. I thought his oh, bass playing on here yeah. was terrific. On mm -hmm. uh, like, can't stop thinking about you. Um, right. I, I really thought, uh, you know, he, he's really, you know, he's one of those players. He's not flashy, but, uh, but he really, you know, mm -hmm. not a, well, not just gets the job done, but I mean, he, but just particularly, I just thought on this album, uh, he just did some really good, you know, kind of funky, uh, bass playing here. I, I just, uh, was very impressed. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but overall I would say, um, yeah, this is not, as, as you said, Tom, this is not an album that I would like, you know, in, in listening to, if I'm in a you know, mood to listen to George, I'm not going to pull this album out first. Mm. I mean, you know, I would definitely turn toward, I mean, obviously all things must pass in Cloud Nine, but definitely 33 and a third and George Harrison are, mm. are my other all-time favorites I right those. yeah those the two follow-ups yeah yeah definitely. i i just i love those albums and i mean i love other i mean brainwashed um parts of somewhere in england 
Um, but, um, you know, I, I just still, other than the two songs I mentioned, I, I just really, you know, I, I just still haven't really connected to the album and the mix, even though um, the remastering that has been done mm. uh, since this album, I think it was what somebody, and, and I think it was Mark P mentioned like 2014 or, right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that's a, an improvement, definite mm. improvement. Um, because when it first came out, I, I thought it, the first mix I heard was probably the original, and that was pretty muddy, and, and right. his vocals were really buried, and that 2014 version is much improved, Yeah. but, um, but I, you know, still, I don't know, um, it's, it's just not... Another 20 years, maybe? Maybe another 20 <laughs> years, maybe another 20 years. We'll get it's back just, to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a still you not an know. album, not yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Not one of my favorites. Gotcha. Ken, <laughs> yeah. what would you like to add about this album? Well, first of all, I would play this album anytime. Mm-hmm. I think that George Harrison's solo albums from All Things Must Pass Through Brainwash go from very good to great. So um like I said, if this is one of his weakest albums, <laughs> yeah, he's got a pretty damn good catalog, yeah, you know. Sure. So um, I, I could agree. be in the mood to listen to this album anytime. You know, we did a show. I think it was a year ago, all dedicated to George. Yeah, and we made we made the point that George's music is all over the place mm-hmm. yeah, musically. There are songs of his that are very spiritual. There are songs that are very serious. There are songs that are silly. You know, I can love uh, something as serious as, um, you know, so much of his spiritual stuff, the light that has lighted the world and who can see it right alongside this song, <laughs> you know, making fun of the My Sweet Lord lawsuit and stuff like that. Yeah. It's very commercial, George, like all things must pass in cloud nine. Right. There's less commercial. I like the whole mix of it all. And I do like depressing music and uh you know George are you a Leonard Cohen fan it. then are you a Leonard Cohen fan <laughs> I have to study him a bit more I don't know yeah. his music as well yeah, but okay. um you know at any given time I could be in the mood for listening to extra texture mm-hmm. you know I I just love the whole sound of it and like I said every song except his name is legs so yeah. that's not uh that's not so bad right there no not at all I mean yeah absolutely an artist that can stretch their wings like that and then just you know go into different genres very easily like like George can I think Paul can go into different genres you know very easily like it's like a snap you know snap of the finger I I do I will say I believe it came out in 75 though I think uh, we should mention the pirate song Um, (laughs) (laughs) there you go you know that's so you know we can add that to i don't know if it was recorded during the same time or not uh for the rutland uh for the tv show but um but again you know like you were saying ken you know he can he can be funny he can be serious he can be down he can be happy you know we've got all kinds of moods from from george harrison and you know this album's no exception right and i and i gotta say about his name is legs i agree i'm i'm not a a fan of that song either i mean Mm -hmm. because it's basically like one big inside joke you know essentially yeah, and in order to hear Larry, you got to have headphones on. Exactly. Really and to get a really sense of turn what it up. Yeah, yeah, and really get a sense of what he's saying and what yep. he is saying yeah, is kind of comical. Is you know, exactly. especially when he's talking about the couple taking them to their seat and saying when the artist comes on, don't scream. And he's referring to the guy, say, don't scream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. But the backing track, I mean, the yeah. band is yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if uh, you know, it's too bad that it couldn't have been 
you know, just a regular, you know, right. just regular lyrics because the backing track is great. I yeah. mean, Billy Preston and all. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hot. I mean, Good it's point. Sur- yeah, he always sur- has, he has a surrounds himself with the with some of the best artists of all time, best musicians. Oh, it's no yeah, question. on all of his albums, I think I don't think you have a bad musician. On I it. mean, really? Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, because I was, you know, as I was. You know, refreshing my my memory about the credits i'm like you had billy preston willie weeks you had those people <laughs> and then you had these lyrics a big inside joke come on i kind of just think the show is a sense of know, humor is it right yeah. exactly sure right. Mm-hmm. yeah you know this album this album has has had a couple growers on me uh through the years you know ooh baby is was is one that i you know never really cared for but uh over the years I, i've come to appreciate the, that a little bit more um you know you mentioned gray cloudy skies uh ken I, again it's you know, lies. yeah thank you it's you know again i don't think it's his best work but there's bits and pieces in there that do work and and, and, it's, and it's not bad for sure so you but know at the even, same time you yeah. know who else writes songs like these Right. right. You you name anybody else that's written a song like Great Cloudy Lies. Nobody mm. nobody has written a song like that that sounds like that, that's produced like that. Right. That could be moving like that right. for a song right. in that style. Also, mm. we we failed to mention um the song You is really an old song. Yeah. Because it yeah. dates yes. back to uh 71, um, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, early 71, because uh George had planned on making uh several recording several songs with ronnie specter which he did mm-hmm. um i'm not sure if they were going to make an album but they were they, they had recorded something like five songs with ronnie specter so it dates back to that and it's also interesting that george has done this many times bringing back old songs and, yeah. and putting them into his new albums whether it's not guilty or uh woman don't you cry for me yeah Yeah, beautiful girl you know sometimes he fills up his albums with older songs he he revisits old songs that he hadn't released yet or maybe hadn't finished yet so this is no different there's a lot of songs on extra texture that are not brand new Mm -hmm. they were that he had written like a year or two before it his name is legs was around I think it was right before the Dark Horse tour. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, you're right. And Grey Cloudy Lies, I think, was like two mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you, once you hear that this was the last studio album for Apple, it was kind of like, let's get this over with. Right. So he was <laughs> he was picking up, you know, some songs from the past, to just try mm-hmm. to trying to finish this off. But mm-hmm. I still think that it is a, a very good album mm-hmm. overall. I'm very pleased with it. I'm never disappointed with any of, of George's albums, really. Even the ones that I think are his weakest are still very good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, if anybody doesn't have anything else to add about extra texture, I think we'll close the book on the, on this uh, uh, episode of Another Listen. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put our brains together and, and, and think of another album to uh, do in the near future for, for Another Listen. And I really enjoy these because, you know, yeah. 
the way I the way I listen to music now, I mean, the vinyl has really changed the way I listen to music by still getting that rut where, you know, I put all my songs on the iPod and that's how I listen to songs now. But I am really starting to try to get back more into listening to the whole, you know, the album as a whole. And mm-hmm. I'm really got to thank, you know, the vinyl resurgence for that because I can really just sit down, listen to the vinyl, you know, if it's got lyrics, you know, go over the lyrics and, you know, and go over the credits and whatnot. So, but, but, but going back and listening to this album now i i will say that you know it's not as bad as the first time i listened to it <laughs> well and it's and it is interesting how your opinion can change i mean like yeah, gone yeah. tropo the, the episode yeah. we did on gone tropo i mean i remember the first time i listened to it i hated it right. and and then you know when we picked up years later and i thought wow you know this i don't know why i hated it so much there, there are right. actually some good tracks on here because so it's, it's it's because of what the critics say and what other mm-hmm. people sometimes say, you know, yep. and, it, and it clouds our, our thinking from time to time. And you really, you know, if, if there's younger people out there, you know, and you want to li- and you're a fan of George Harrison, if you haven't listened to all those albums, go listen to them. You know, don't yep. worry. If somebody tells you, don't listen to Gaunt Tropel, don't listen to them. You right. go <laughs> get that album and listen to it, you know, and <laughs> form your own opinion. opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. exactly and i think that's the best way to do it and if you want to start with the greatest hits start with the greatest hits and then and go from there you know exactly. we've talked about that before you know get a compilation and uh, if you like what you hear then you know go in any order it doesn't matter and just you know pick them off one at a time <laughs> there you go well, one yeah. thing that I, that I like to say time and time again is that mm-hmm. there's no final word on anything mm-hmm. you know our opinions can change about the songs and albums through the years critics opinions can change you know how many times have we brought up ram here (laughs) you know compare what the critics said back then and now all of a sudden it's one of his greatest albums you know Mm -hmm. and a lot of fans are rating it as his best or a way up there that's right opinions can change over time and we have no idea how people are going to be looking at extra texture five years from now 10 years from now 50 years from now yeah you know but i I, yeah i like how even though you know, all three of us will have a different opinion about something and we might not like it, but we try not to be negative about it. Right. And, and, and if, you know, if you get people listening out there and if you think that, you know, we're always positive, we're not always negative about something, well, we don't try to be negative, you know? Sure. And if you want us to, you know, get into a fight and, and yell at each other, <laughs> it's not going to happen here. Sorry. <laughs> it's, Sorry. It's, only, it's only off screen. Right. <laughs> Yeah, once, once we log yeah. off, yeah. you won't on. believe what happened. Yeah, no, no virtual <laughs> tomatoes or, or lettuces are going to be thrown here. <laughs> but anyways, Kit, was there any comments that uh, that you wanted to maybe uh, bring up? Uh, well, first of all, and I, I apologize, the comment uh, scrolled way up, but uh, so I I can't uh, find who said it, but uh, uh, one of our great viewers said that they really enjoy these and other listens. So, mm, uh, so thank, thank you, you, and we yeah. will definitely uh, be doing more of these. So, uh, mm-hmm. so don't worry. Um, a number of people have been listing uh, their favorites. Uh, can't okay. stop thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tony DeMeo said, "Loves Leon Russell. Me too." Oh. um uh uh, great uh, cloudy lies somebody mentioned that uh, that was another favorite of theirs Mm. um yeah a number of people have have been mentioning their their personal favorites so when uh Mm. you know when we will go through these comments after the show and and uh and we'll um 
definitely be uh, yes maria lynn said i was kind of surprised how much i liked gray, uh, gray cloudy wise mm-hmm. um, great. Oh, good. yep so uh, so yeah a number of people are are listening uh yes and maria also added that uh she loves how eclectic um george harrison is agreeing with what you were saying ken mm-hmm. which is uh very true and you um, know critics don't pick up on that mm-hmm. they don't realize how eclectic george harrison's music is I mean, think yep. about stuff like Breath Away from Heaven, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the yeah. oriental stuff. He never gets credit for that. Mm-hmm. What yep. about the other stuff in Shanghai Surprise? Hottest Gone right. in Town, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, come on, you know. Yep, exactly. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? Um, oh, Mark P said, I like the mostly eaten apple on the record. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so glad. I, I forgot <laughs> to write that down. Yeah. Because I didn't, here, I'll get the CD part out because you can probably see it better on the on the CD. But good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Mark P, because I wanted to, to show that. Yes. And, and hopefully you can yeah, see that there. there but it is. It's, it's so fitting. You know, because this this was the end of Apple. That's so yeah. George. We, we really didn't talk about that. And yeah, and that's the comedy of George, you know. Mm. This would have been a great thing to bring up while we were doing that show, you know, talking about, you know, the George Harrison's humor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. You know, that's one of the things I loved about Apple Records is that depending upon which album you bought, mm-hmm. you could have had a green apple. Green you, apple. You could have right. had a red apple, like on Let It Be. <laughs> right. Imagine was was white it was it was the apple sliced right i think but uh you know they could play around with that so much and i love the fact that they did that on the label yeah it's uh imagine there's actually a uh a white yeah white oh yeah yeah that's right that's right uh let's see carl carl hernandez said george's voice was kind of buried on uh uh, all things must pass as well yeah in the original Mm. mix he was kind of uh buried on uh some of the tracks i i thought as well um yeah that's yeah i i that kind of bothers me as well and and uh yeah he said the acoustic demos of all things must pass um you know we're better in the in that way that's uh that's true uh tony uh, i'm sorry go ahead yeah but do you think that's an intentional thing that that what? is uh those vocals that sometimes, were buried. yeah those vocals were buried i mean was that intentional do you think he had confidence with his his, his vocals you know, for know. certain songs i don't know that's a good question uh, i, I mean i've never george had the final say on everything yeah, yeah. And in most cases i don't think his vocals were buried but there are certain instances like a waiting on you all kind mm-hmm. of bothers me in the chorus mm-hmm. where you're hearing a whole bunch of people all singing right. by chanting yeah. the names of the lord and all that and you can't really single out george right you know but uh that's where it kind of buries me but when there's lead vocals i don't really think of his vocals being buried there yeah i'm just trying to remember i i don't recall ever hearing because of course you hear all the time about how much john hated his voice and and Uh how they distorted but i don't recall ever you know reading about george hating his voice and wanting it distorted and buried and yeah i don't don't remember reading anything like that Um, okay so you know that's interesting so yeah so um i love those demos i do love those Mm. demos yeah they are i wouldn't say they're that they're better than the finished product with phil Spector, because part of the reason why that record sold is because of phil Spector's production and he deserves a lot of credit for that and people don't want to give him credit Mm -hmm. you know i mean they're great songs and the songs are more important to me than the production 
but part of the appeal of All Things Was Pass was the sound of that record. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way My Sweet Lord was produced, what a great record for radio. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. You got to give them credit, you know, where mm -hmm. it's due. And uh, I'm not denying I love the acoustic demos. It's a whole other world. Yeah. It's what a contrast between that and, you know, yeah, production. Sure. But, um, you know, all things was fast. I wouldn't touch production wise. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, we'll get to, we'll do the round table of what's going on in our worlds right now. And, and Kit, why don't we start with you and you can also give the talk more talk uh, info as well, please. All right. Well, I'll do that first. Uh, so I don't forget you can uh, of course, reach us at uh, by email at uh, talk more solo talk at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, um, of course, uh, we're on Twitter. You can reach us there. Uh, talk more talk one, the number one. Uh, we also have a website, uh, talkmoretalk.com. Uh, of course, where you are right now, uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, we also, uh, as I'm sure you all know, we have a YouTube channel. And right. uh, please head over there and subscribe. Yes. Um, you know, all our videos are up there, all these episodes. And, uh, and also, I think a couple of episodes uh, you may not have seen some uh, that you know, perhaps you missed some mini episodes, things like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, so please subscribe. And yeah, uh, we, uh, we just passed 800 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So thank yes, you very thank much you for all. everybody that has subscribed. So. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. And, and so please uh, pass on the word. Tell, uh, tell your friends. Uh, as always, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody you know. Um, and uh, and also, of course, for those who prefer the audio version, um, we are on virtually any any platform you can think of, uh, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Um, so as Tom mentioned earlier, I have uh, an announcement that yes. just, uh, just came out today. I am so excited. Um, next January, I'm going to be teaching an online course uh, through Monmouth University. Oh. Uh, yep. And it is going to be um, three nights and it's the history of Motown. We mm, kind of wow. referred a little bit to Motown tonight. Yes. So, uh, so, so extra hmm. texture will be part of the uh, be part of the, cla <laughs> the classes, right? <laughs> you, you bet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you cover Ringo's version of Where Did Our Love Go? Yeah, right. there you go. I'll you you betcha. And <laughs> so uh, yeah, so this is going to be uh, three nights, um, January twenty eighth, February fourth, and February eleventh. Uh, this will be uh, of course online. It'll be on Zoom. Um, it'll be seven thirty to nine p.m. each night Eastern. Uh, I will post the link to how to register. Uh, it's uh, I'll put it on my Facebook page. I'll put it on our Facebook page as well. Uh, I am so excited about this. I'm I'm in the midst right now of planning presentations. It's going to be interactive. We're going to listen to a lot of music, and I'm going to cover the history of Motown from, of course, its founding and it, through the 70s and into the 80s and 90s. It's going to be a blast. So I, I hope you'll sign up and uh, and join me. And and I mean, come on, it's going to be in the dead of winter. It's going to be a dreary <laughs> time. Well, well, come well, on. Well, will there be a final exam that everybody will have to take if they? Uh... See, that's the best part. No exams. You don't even have to take exams. There, it's it it is pure fun. 
it is okay. pure fun so uh so it is it's really going to be fun so uh so i'll put up the link you sign up through eventbrite i'm sure a lot of you have, have uh, dealt with that before so uh so i hope you'll join me for uh for dr kit and uh and the history of motown Excellent. um yep so that'll be fun uh also my i uh, appeared recently on when they was fab uh the second part just went up today i think um with uh, a good friend of our show ethan alexanian i think we mentioned him at least once every show <laughs> and, uh, yeah we, we need to stop doing that i think no nah, yeah that's right sorry ethan no it's good and, uh, and so, uh, so we're on talking about uh, anthology, the version that aired uh, way back in 95, when I can't, wow. can't believe it's mm. been that long. It seems like yesterday that that was Ethan. On. Ethan was like 36 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like getting in my rocking chair during that episode when, you know, he, I kept saying, yeah, when that was on, yeah, I remember right. watching, you know, and I mean, no Facebook, no nothing. Right. Uh, but anyway, we had a great time uh, with, of course, our uh, more good friends of our show, uh, Ed Chen yeah. and Lonnie Pena. So that episode is up. It's a two-parter. I'll, I'll put those uh, those up. Uh, next week, I'll probably do it, uh, be doing my last um, uh before the, before Thanksgiving, um, my uh, monthly show. So just uh, check out my Facebook page. I'll okay. let you know when and and uh, when that's going to be happening. So I think uh, I think that's everything. So. Great. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, before I talk about two legs, I do want to talk about since since Joe Mayo's not here, uh, please go if you if you're not familiar with Joe Mayo's YouTube channel, go to Mean Mr. Mayo on YouTube. Uh, check out his channel. He does a lot of Beatles uh, uh, shows, a lot of solo Beatles shows. He does a lot of um, uh, album finds, CD finds. He's yeah. a big collector of, of all things uh, music, whether it's vinyl, uh, cassettes, <laughs> CD, reel to reel, eight tracks, you know, whatever it is. 78. Yeah. 78 you know he does a lot of he'll do some he'll do some rants uh videos from time to time which are a lot of fun right yeah he just started doing a new series where he's ranking the the songs on on each beatles album so he just did uh one on abbey road so you can check that out and he's getting really close to ten thousand subscribers so if you guys haven't yet please head over to mean mr mayo and subscribe to his uh, channel i think he is going to be doing a ten thousand subscribers contest once he reaches 10,000 subscribers so so check that out um so for two legs uh we're again we're a weekly show now we've been having a lot of great guests we uh speaking of ethan we just had uh we just recorded a show with him uh last night we're gonna we're talking about the 2013 album new uh paul mccartney's new album That'll be posted this coming weekend. Uh, last week, we had author Adrian Allen on talking about his uh, new book called Wings Live, which is, you know, it's, it's exactly what it is. Wings Live, he talks about all the, the Wings tours throughout the 70s. And the week before that, I mean, oh, my God, what a pleasure it was to talk to drummer or musician Dave Maddox who has just drummed with, I mean, he's performed with some of the most amazing artists you know, of all time, whether it's Elton John, uh, you know, Fairport Convention, you know, on and on XTC. And then, you know, he, he drums and did some tracks with George Harrison, which we, we, we touched upon, uh, Blood from a Clone and then Dream Away. He talks about that. He talks about, you know, working with George, which was a lot of fun. And then obviously the work he did with McCartney, he talks about uh, going to Monster. He talks about um, George Martin's wife, 
Judy bringing him breakfast and coffee in bed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whoa, yeah, yeah. Uh, so George Martin invited him to stay, you know, his at his place. You know, he said, eh, "Don't go, don't hang out with those animals." You know, come out. <laughs> he already had a little bit of a of a, he, he knew Martin from a from sessions from years before. So a lot of great stories, uh, a lot of great knowledge working with Paul. He, he talks about uh, the uh, the David Foster sessions of what he remembers from that. You know, there and I think it was eighty five when when he did that i think he talks about we got married um which i think is mm. the only song he remembers uh playing on but yeah great great stories you can uh email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com we as well have a website called two legs uh two legs podcast.com you know twitter instagram facebook two legs podcast and uh yeah check us out we also have the youtube channel uh two legs a paul mccartney podcast our subscriber count has been really rising on that one too so if you haven't please check that out and subscribe and whew, man um, <laughs> And we're all excited for McCartney three and, you know, let's, you know, we're less than a month away and Ken Michaels, take it away. Yes. My countdown clock is running right now. Yeah. For McCartney 3. <laughs> yeah. It's just like when free as a bird was going to, yeah. you know, premiere yeah. on television, yeah. but I feel lazy compared to Tom right now. I tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm four shows behind on two legs right now. Oh, I did yeah, watch the I know. Owen Lynn, really yeah. good guest. That you Owen's had great. On there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know, did a lot of talk about Eric Stewart, Stewart and TC yeah. and working with Paul. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was talking about um, Ashley Kahn earlier yeah. um, on things we said today. My other podcast, we did a really nice interview with him. I did one privately for my new YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio. Yes. And now I'm proud to say I have copies to give away uh, of Ashley Kahn's new book. It's called George Harrison on George Harrison Interviews and Encounters. And it's basically transcriptions of so many interviews that George gave from 1962 all the way through the end of his life. So you can win that, uh, win that book on my website, which is kenmichaelsradio.com. It gets, it gets confusing. The website is kenmichaelsradio.com. The right. YouTube page is just Ken Michaels Radio. Okay. Speaking of the YouTube page, I am hoping, fingers crossed, that I'll be interviewing Mark Hudson this week. Mm. And uh, we'll be talking about the new Joey Molland album. And I just Excellent. interviewed Joey for the YouTube uh, channel. His new album's called Be True to Yourself. So we'll talk about that album. I'll try to mix in conversation about Ringo as best as I can. <laughs> and he also uh, produced a really fine album that uh, was a Harry Nilsson album called Lost and Found, which came out uh, several months ago. It was um, pretty much the last songs that Harry worked on, which uh, Mark Hudson produced um with a lot of great people on it including harry's son kifo mm. nilson is on there so uh we'll probably get to talking about that uh things we said today we've had trouble getting a session together we're probably going to do one early next week and a uh, good chance that we'll be talking about the 50th anniversary of all things must pass mm. do some great. kind of tribute for george right. um so look out for that every little thing there's a page on my website which lists all the radio stations that run the show, every little thing, uh, and the broadcast times and links to their website so you can stream the show if you never heard the show before. It's basically Beatles, solo Beatles, anything the Beatles ever touched can be uh, played within an hour, thematic sets, interviews, very interesting show. Hits, mm -hmm. deep cuts, Sometimes even his name is Legs will be in the show. You never yeah, know. I remember uh, requesting it. Yes, and I played it for you. <laughs> yes. That was on the live show, though. 
Yes, that's true. So uh, again, uh, like Tom said, if you can subscribe to our channel for Talk More Talk, my YouTube channel for Ken Michaels Radio, the YouTube channel for Things We Said Today, me, Mr. Mayos, uh, that pretty much covers everything. And if you want to email me directly, my address is everylittlething at att.net. Great. Excellent. And that interview with Khan was, was really good. I really enjoyed that. And the, the, the question you, that you asked about the 74 tour, you know, and how he was able to, to answer, that was, a, that was a really good question. And, you know, he had a pretty good answer for it too. I've always wondered about that yeah. because, you know, you, you just don't know if George just didn't enjoy touring and performing mm -hmm. or was mm -hmm. it really a reaction to the poor reviews that he had. Right. Just right. think maybe what if his, what if his tour got great reviews? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we would have had some other tours from George. Right. You know, so we just had the one in Japan yeah. after that with Eric Clapton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember reading that the, the fans were uh, appreciative that he at least gave it a go. You know what I mean? That, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his vocals were probably terrible, but they appreciated the fact that he got out there and, you know, and still performed. You know? well, at least you know, that's what I have read. I'm very happy about the fact that I got to see that tour. Right. Yeah. That was only the second concert I've ever been to. Mm. So, and I could wow. barely hear George at times, yeah. Yeah. but I was still glad to be there. Billy Preston yeah. was like the life of the show. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh you can tell he, from any video that's out there that yeah. Yeah, he's out there having a good time for sure. Yeah. And he did get a lot of flack for doing In My Life and changing the words. Changing around. lyrics. Yeah. In my life, I love God more. Yeah. Oh, dear. You know, yeah. so <laughs> that's another thing that the critics were pretty tough on him about. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey. thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, uh, Kittle Tool, Ken Michaels. I'm Tom Onyadi. And Joe, if you're out there, you know, we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Yes. And, you know, everybody out there, you know, as I always like to say, you know, Ringo song at the end, uh, wake up, meathead. Don't pretend that you are dead. <laughs> everybody out there, take care. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. Yes. Peace and love. Peace and Peace love. love. That is all. <laughs>